Hey, this is Ruben, and nobody asked me to do this. What up, y'all? This is Joe, and nobody asked me to do this. Today's episode is dedicated to Chatwick Bozeman. The world lost his Black Panther to cancer on August 28, 2020. In a world in which we need real live heroes, his passing at such a young age is a real blow. Chadwick, thank you for your grace, your kindness, and your dedication in celebrating our community. Rest in peace, Black Panther. Before we begin, just a content note. The N-word is used during the show. Don't worry. It wasn't used by me. With that being said, on with the show. In this episode, we will be exploring what it was like to grow up African-American in a religion that was created by American white men. To help us explore this, we'll be discussing this with our host, Joe Mitchell, and our guest for this episode, Karama Sadaka, who was a past contributor to a Now What segment of our show. I'm glad to have you back, Karama. Thanks for coming on. I sure is glad to be here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I don't get nobody in trouble. <laughs> we are going to be canceled. <laughs> Man, just cue the canceled already. Cue cancellation. We're going to be canceled. Mm. Go uh, get. Go get. <laughs> Oh uh, man, how you doing, Karama? Where I'm are good, you? man. Yeah, where where are you? Where are you now? You're in Florida, right? I'm in Miami Beach, Florida. Oh, that's the deep south. Actually, this is I mean, it's not even the deep south no more, man. We're not even connected to America except for like bridges. Oh shit, really? Yeah, but it's it's you know, like I say, I'm from the deep south, so you know, I, I was looking for racism and hurricanes. So where best could I go that could give me a good dose of both? Florida, baby. <laughs> Are you New from Orleans? Florida? Hell no. I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's the deep south. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep, 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 deep south. It's crazy, man. I have a question for you, Karama. How did your parents become Jehovah's Witnesses? My mother became a Jehovah's Witness because I guess one of her friends made a like a bet with her. Like, I bet I could tell you uh, more about the Bible than you, or blah, 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 blah. So she started using scriptures. You know how the game goes. Psalms 83, 18. Now you look in the King James, it's the same thing, and blah, blah, blah. Now, at first it was like a little book club, and then my grandmother, my mother's mother, had a horrifying accident. She had epilepsy, and she fell on the heater while she was having a seizure. Oh, wow. So she Damn. caught fire, and like 95% of her body, third-degree burns, and then she died. And instead of now it being a book club, now you got the love bombing and the funeral at the same time. So now they're hitting up with the hope of the resurrection and resurrection and resurrection. And then a year and a half later, my father was murdered. So that right then and there, those, those three things are what completely got my mom. And then by, the, by my dad being murdered, now she got me because that's when she told me, well, he'll be back soon. Jesus is going to bring him right back real soon. You just got to do everything the witnesses and your mama tell you. So, See, I realize in the black community, the stories are similar because that's what attracted a lot of black people to the organization. Were those, were those types of situations? 
and yeah, it's definitely similar. Yep. And so you got this, you got this promise, and of course, you know, now looking back at it, I can laugh and joke like, okay, if a white guy came in, in, a, in the neighborhood and told you that, would you have entertained him? No. But the fact that it was somebody who looked like my mama telling her that and then the congregation now you know most people outside of jail school and church you ain't never been around 150 black folks at the same time you grew up in a congregation where everyone was black yeah like i didn't do when i saw white witnesses it was in the magazines so your congregation mirrored your community like down to the t yeah for real for real like i was 10 years old the first time i met a white witness and it was a guy i went to school with and i thought he was teasing me Oh, when I said I couldn't eat birthday cake, he was like, oh, me either. And I was like, you're right. And it turned out we were both witnesses. And then that's when I started finding out that there was so much segregation. Like, I didn't know there were white congregations. I just thought this, like, I really didn't get the concept of, no, 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 there's a reason all the black folks are here. So did you guys ever have pictures of the governing body? Like, how did that work out? We didn't have, nobody saw pictures of the governing body until not long before the internet came out. Uh, everybody started using it because I mean, think about it. I wouldn't have cared uh, who these guys were. And we always went on these Bethel trips and we always heard these nice experiences and blah, blah, blah. But they were never tied to white faces. And all of a sudden, like, I thought it was strange that the people in the magazines and the books never looked like us. But they would be, you know, you, you know, Joe Hyde is. You see the one black person in the magazine. Look, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> we're represented. Look. Yeah. <laughs> That dude got on the dashiki. This we coming up, you know. And just imagine if Gollum was black and wore a suit. Yes. Okay. I'm so physically, imagine that his wife is Maya Angelou. Okay. If Maya was a witness, she would have been Sister Butler. Like we, there's no doubt of this. The reason I'm bringing them up is because there was another woman who used to be in the world with them who hated them. And she was also in our hall. This sister was probably about five, eight. But remember, she tall, black and skinny and she wore heels. So she was close to six feet while we were children. So she looked like she was nine feet tall, basically, is what I'm telling you. This woman made her own clothes out. Okay, so she would get a sewing pattern. Y'all know what a sewing pattern is? Yeah. She would get a sewing pattern and make her dresses out of other material that wasn't dresses, like shower curtains. Hey, my girl, her parents did the same thing. Like they made You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They made her own their own clothing as well. Like they couldn't go to the store or anything. And they, yeah, they, they she, she, from like, she could make anything. That's fascinating. From like pillowcases. Yep. It'd be like doilies. Yeah. Stuff like, like potholders. Yeah. Stuff that you, yeah. you it looks familiar. You're like, is that? Nah, that, that is that a shower curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. So those, just those that I'm mentioning right there, it's one thing to have them in the congregation. But it's another thing to go out and field service with them and they arguing with you like you were there with them in the 60s and you're supposed to take sides and now we're supposed to be preaching and this woman is still so old school that if somebody tries to close the door she'll throw her foot and stop the door from closing and people have pulled guns on us people have sick dogs on us like it was 
So I wonder if that was like a black community like congregation thing because we did that in our congregation too. Like people would try to close the door and they stick their foot in the door and you'd be like, God damn it, don't come yep. on. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Everybody did that, man. They were yeah, both. they all did wow. it. Wow. Really, and I think what used to really freak me out about it was we lived in a territory. Me too. So I was needy. Yeah, you know, I see yeah. these people all the time, man. So. I, I, I gotta live here. I can't I can't speak to you on Friday and then come to your house with this tall ass lady dressed in a raincoat and it's not raining, <laughs> sticking her foot in your door. Cause I gotta come right back over here and you gonna have hey. something to say. Like, hey man, what the fuck? I remember I knocked at the door somebody I went to school with. And he just looked at me with a big smile, was like, We're gonna have so much fun on Monday. <laughs> like they clowned me so bad, man. And it was like people didn't experience that. If you didn't go have the territory in the territory that you lived in with people that you went to school with, man, you have no idea what the struggle was. Nah, and a lot of people uh well see, I I there was a certain part of that struggle I had, but then the other part I didn't. They already were clowning me. Like it had nothing to do with the religion. I was oh, just a weird true. kid. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but now you just add on to, oh hey, remember the little big oh, poet we, dude? We giving he, him ammunition. Yeah, he had the dough selling Bibles. I don't know the one with the funny name, Columba, Columbus, something. Talk to him. <laughs> and not only that, but my my family who weren't witnesses also lived in the territory. And it was this weirdness, man, because we'd go over there and, of course, I'm seeing my literal family. So, of course, I don't want to be in field service no more. I want to, hey, A.T., I want to take off my shoes. I want to drink some Kool-Aid, see my cousins. How was your relationship with your family that weren't Jehovah's Witnesses? Non-existent, man. Um, we still lived in the city, but my mother basically had it like everybody's going to die. These aren't your friends. It's, you know, the Witnesses are your real family. So she would have me calling anybody in the hall who was around my age they would say that's my cousin now and so it's weird because i'm speaking to my real cousin introducing a fake cousin so by the time i didn't really reunite with my family until i was damn near 30. and when i caught up with them and i'm just like no we lived in the same city how come you know the only time i would see y'all was in field service they were like nobody told you to bring them crazy people over here like, we understand that you and your mom and them are in there, but you know you're not converting us. Like, if you just want to come visit, come visit. You can't say we, you don't know where we live. So it, it just turned into this whole thing of I want to be around my family and reconnect with them, but I haven't been around them for so long. And they legitimately can say, well, Karama, you was in a cult. We wasn't trying to hear that shit. We love you. But fuck that. <laughs> that's, that's not what we were like doing. You got to have patience for that because of what they saw. They're on the outside looking in. I have the same exact experience yeah. with my relatives. And it's, yeah, I'm the I'm the weird cousin. I was always the weird cousin. Like my father would take me over their house straight from field service. All of my other cousins, they're dressed, playing basketball, ready yep. to play football. And then if my father said, you can go outside and play with them, I'm playing football and basketball and meeting clothes and, and, and field yep. service. I'm the weird kid that's, you know, wearing hard bottoms on a basketball court. Mm -hmm. Like You have to explain that shit like, well... You thought I was weird. I thought you were the devil. Yep. That's that's equal, right? You know, I thought y'all were <laughs> Satan. I thought y'all were Satan. It. So at any point in you growing up, you didn't have an, any experience with a congregation that you moved to that was more diverse? Our congregation was called Riverside. I think 
the only white people that were ever there came with us. Like my brother married uh, a white lady. I think we might have met, like my mama might have invited people. But when, trust me, when they were in the hall, you knew the white people in the hall. You could see them. They were glowing. You walk in and you're like, oh, <laughs> hi, Becky. Good to see you again. How's it going? You okay? I remember when I first met you, you first told me about it, about how. About the overseer. Uh, about the overseer. And I'm like, wait a minute. You got a white yep. overseer and an all black Cargation, and you guys are calling him overseer? Yeah, and, man. And how strange that was. Uh, Joe, um, is that what happened in your case, in your Cargation? Yeah, we didn't think. I never thought about it until I left. Like, it was never anything that we questioned. Like, all of our district overseers were white. All of them. So he never, and if the funny thing is, like, when the white district overseer would come, because, you know, the circuit overseer came, like, every other month. But the circuit the district overseer, that was a special occasion. So you have this white man come, and that's when things get different. Like, you know, that's when we get a new suit is when the white, well, we got a district overseer coming. You know, we got to go get a new suit. And as I left, I'm like, overseer. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, he was an overseer. Like, and you keep repeating it and you like, fuck. Like, yo, dude, I was, what were we doing? <laughs> what was wrong with me? Watching myself from the outside in, it was a lot of cringeworthy moments. You just want to just take a shower after thinking about it. So when you guys were dealing with witnesses that were not black, looking back, can you reflectively see anything that was racist or said or done? <laughs> Dude, all of it was racist. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right, but like, you mean the, the overt in your face racism? Like, over, like or, blatant, or, blatant or racism? Or I any kind of racism from from other members that were yeah. not black. Always. It was it's microaggressions, Ruben. It, yeah, it's right. a thousand microaggressions. And then when you call them on it, they might mutter something under their breath or mumble as they're walking away. Like, they ain't going to be like, hey, brother nigger, can you get on stage and help us? <laughs> of course gonna, not. Of course it's not going to be that. No, be like, hey. no hey. I told you what happened to me, Ruben. No, that, that happened. Like, my father. Oh, work? Yes, my father. He was at the theocratic, um, like, school oh, yeah. where they sent the elders to. And this brother got on stage, a white brother, and they had the white brother pray. And he said, in Jehovah, please help me to love niggers. And oh, hold on, hold on. I need to sit down. Hold on. And so my father if I left this hard, I'm gonna fall down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, my father told me that. We were like, so what did you guys do? And he's like, Oh, you know, we we all surrounded him. So I love my father to death. I love my father. I, I hope this doesn't put him in a bad light, I swear. But he said we all got around him and we did our best so he would love niggers. Yeah, that happened. So yeah, it's yeah they get on stage and say that shit, and I don't want to say the man's motive, but twenty twenty man, you getting fucked up? Like you're not supposed to walk off that stage in one. Yeah, piece. he wouldn't have made it off stage at uh, uh -uh. Nah, no. He was too far up time for that shit. Oh, Black Lives Matter, kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so so check it out. So when um. Whenever we went to the convention, whether it was like local or I mean the, the circuit, the district or those special talks, we always got the cleaning assignment. Always. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, <laughs> my mind is, I can't handle this right now. I'm sitting here like, fuck, we were always assigned cleaning. Oh like my every, God. Every oh my God. Our wait, wait, it, it gets worse. 
Okay. Joe, I bet you don't even remember receiving the assignment. You just knew that's what y'all were doing. Yep. See? Oh my God. Like you supposed to know that shit. You supposed to know your place. And my family before here's what I, let me let me restart my whole story because I think this I left this part out. My family was actually militant, man. Like my family was woke before they had a name for that shit. Like I didn't just accidentally name me some shit that sound like Chaka Zulu. Like, like, no, we was ready. We had all this stuff together. My mama would have been another Angela Davis. So I went from my mama telling me we was kings and queens to telling us we were the cursed children of Noah. And I'm like, what? And okay, so uh, the the this is Jesus, and these are his apostles, and these are his disciples. Ma, where are they? Uh, Israel, Jerusalem. You mean Africa? Well, no, son, that's the Middle East. Ma, Africa is where these places are. Everything you've ever shown me with Africans, I ain't never seen no dude look like this Jesus. And if Jesus looked like this, why they had to pick him out at the, at the uh, Garden of Gethsemane? Why they had to point him out? You could have just said, hey, the white dude, him right there, the one glowing. A lot of times, like I'm telling you the, the, the funny stuff and the microaggressions we got, but there were times, man, like when a white brother would show up, okay, any average white brother, and you got the black district overseer, the white brother gonna still talk to him like he a shoeshine boy. Oh, Damn. Damn. Like, yeah, tell him like, okay, it's the little bitty shit, like we gonna look up these scriptures. The, the white folks, when they would be the ones giving the talks, Oh, it got crazy. Oh, you guys found the scripture so fast. Amazing. Wow. Is, oh, you you can read. Oh, that is amazing. What's amazing about me being able to read? Really? That type shit. Then we got to take this motherfucker out to eat somewhere. I got to say something. I'm so glad we're doing this episode. You, you don't hear this. I'm so glad it's being brought up because it has to be said. It, it permeates everything because Joe's witnesses pride themselves and they even heard i've even heard ex Jehovah's witnesses be like oh it's so different even if they were not the truth at least they had equality what and see that's how i was and it yep. wasn't until even the last time i talked to betsy that my eyes was open when she told, talked about her father and you don't really hear those stories because you for us we were always told oh jehovah's witnesses we're the most inclusive organization in the world and then you find out when you leave your community that that was not the case that that veil of inclusiveness it gets destroyed even more the more you talk to more ex-jehovah's witnesses so i have a question i've spoken with joe on other episodes or in private where i asked if your family considered themselves black or african-american and you were raised in a way where you were you didn't consider yourselves that you consider yourselves a Jehovah's Witness, not yep. really part of the community. And Karama, you said that you started that way. Does your family consider themselves still black? Yeah, like how did that transition happen? Like how did your mom go from the militant black woman naming you Karama <laughs> to now saying you were cursed? Yeah. My mama is the biggest walking oxymoron you will ever see in your life. My mama... Okay, Ruben, you might feel me on this, but Joe, there's no way you're not going to get this. Think of 1980s Queen Latifah. Mm. Mm. That's my mama. Full okay. dashiki, full crown, all that shit. 
will walk up to your house and you think you don't know if you is Zamunda or Wakanda. You don't know what's <laughs> going on. Hi, this regal queen and walked up and good morning, sisters and brothers. This is my, and this is my son, Karama Sadaka. And we both going to hit you off with a little come to our kingdom hall. Mm. Like it, you, the visual has nothing to do with the mindset. My mama's a woke witness and she will talk to you about culture and go back and forth with you. And then that programming kicks in and it's like the robot just turned on the witness part. And she has fooled a lot of people who really, everybody my mama ever studied with was, uh, they were gullible. And I mean, we all were gullible to a sense, but I don't consider kids who grew up in the hall gullible. We had no choice. When, when to me, when adults become witnesses, that's where I'm confused. Cause like, okay, if you had some trauma that made you not normal for a while and you're not thinking in a normal way, got you. But people who just like, hey, you know, I don't ever feel like having fun again. I think I'll be a witness. <laughs> that's what that sounds like to me. Cause it's like, now people are like, wait a minute, I found out y'all had 141 rules. I was like, that's it? That's all we had was 141 rules because to me, seemed like we whatever you wanted to do that was fun. You couldn't do it. And if you were lucky, lucky enough to have friends in another congregation and their congregation has slightly different rules than you. Like, oh, OK. OK, so over here we could watch Star Wars. We just can't dance with the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> these motherfuckers, we, like, these people are telling me that E.T. is demonized he, because, yeah. because the sun gave him powers, yet we could still watch Superman. Yep. How? E.T. E. E. Was, e. was tanned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's racist, man. We would have these conversations and, okay, uh, I, might, I might be going a little too deep deep for, for Ruben here. So, Joe, so Ruben, you just listening. I'm listening. Right? I'm listening. I'm being <laughs> so, respectful, so <laughs> man. <laughs> so, Joe, check it out. How about when something would happen that would definitely affect black folks and you couldn't act excited? Nope. <laughs> okay. I'm straight up telling you, I have no idea what it, I would, if there's only one time in my life I would have loved to have been a witness again, it was when Obama got elected. Yeah. I would pay I would cash to be yeah. in the deep yeah. south, going mm. out in field service with angry ass white witnesses trying to pretend they're not. Well, it is a sign of the times, you know, <laughs> Things ain't gonna be this dark for long. Oh, dark. You gonna really? You gonna try to slip that one in past me? But hold up. What about the times when it slipped? I think, okay, for me, it was when OJ got acquitted. And a lot of of black witnesses, I don't think y'all should have been this excited, but we were. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, when OJ got acquitted, man, it was some we were so happy. We weren't supposed to be, but we were happy as fuck. So were there any material you couldn't read? Like, I got in trouble for reading uh, the autobiography from Malcolm X. Like, I actually got a beaten. My parents found that in my room. Ouch! Hold on, brother. Let me shed a tear for you and put a fist up in the air. Because that's some bullshit. Yeah. Oh, you got beat for the cause. You took one for the team. Okay, so here's the dynamic that that I had in my hall. 
is where we would get people of varying degrees of education. And I think that's a real nice way of saying most of the people who was at our hall didn't graduate high school. Mm. And this is including like two elders. And it's really difficult when you have somebody talking to you who obviously does not have more than a third or fourth grade education. Yeah. But they and the people surrounding you believe that they were put in this position by God. So when you're trying to explain to me that the firmament of the earth means the earth is not round and you're an elder, I don't really get why I'm supposed to be quiet and just let you tell me that. Man, okay, you just made me remember. I remember we had a book study one day, and the brother that was conducting the book study, he was like, so what is this feeling we're supposed to have for Jehovah? It's a P word. What is this this P word we should always have for Jehovah? And everybody, <laughs> so, yo, we're all sitting up here like, what's the P word? So we're saying all these P words, and he's like, no, no. So he got so frustrated. He was like, friends, it's appreciate. We should oh. appreciate Appreciate. P word appreciate. Yeah, no. They wow. weren't educated at all. You know what? It takes a lot to get me. <laughs> That's fucking got me. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, Holy shit! Appreciate. No. Yeah, Joe, I'm gonna have to. I'll put you on the wall of fame for that one, bro. That's a that's a goddamn classic. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. So say that, I got, say they weren't that educated, dude. That oh, that's a that's a whole nother level of. Okay, so let me let me let me vibe with you because I know not everybody even caught why that was funny, and you'd be in the hall. You hear some dumb shit and you just want to bust out laughing and you realize you going to be the one to get in trouble. Yep. Because ain't nobody else really catching how stupid that stupid. is. Mm. And you can't say it. So it's like we got uh, racism, ageism, because you too young to be taken seriously, but you better be serious. Mm -hmm. um, and then you got this dynamic of, okay, okay, Joe, I got baptized when I was 12. I could take the group out. Yeah, me too. You think my mama was treating me like I was in charge? No. Of course not. So I was still at the age and, and physical size where I could get slapped. I'm taking the group out and get slapped. <laughs> and, you know, what am I going to do? I, I, I'm really not a bad person, but it was, it was just the patriarchy served up. So you got all these different levels, like I said, ageism, all of this stuff. The patriarchy is running amok, and then you got this dynamic, well, I did. I was a black and gifted child in a dumbass congregation. And so what got preached to me more often than anything was respect. You not being respectful. And I'm like, I, respect is earned. In those situations, you never brought up like the, uh, the story of Jesus when Jesus talked back to his family and talked up to his mom and dad. Never, dude. That was my that I could have got that tattooed on me. I got baptized when I was twelve, specifically yeah. for that. Jesus and was twelve in the temple, <laughs> shaking him up. And when his mama found out, they had to walk back another three days to find him. They didn't mention how Jesus got the beat down at the temple. No. Nah, Mary he was a condescending little jerk. He was like, hey, don't you should have known I was in the house of my father. What the fuck wrong with y'all? See? 
Yeah, that shit wouldn't have happened to the Uptown congregation. 31, 32 is when I left. When I was just like, I was done. By 30, I was Pimo. I was physically in, but mentally out. And I stayed in because I still liked the community. And then it wasn't until about like 32, 33 that I was like, what am I doing, man? I'm wasting my time. So I just, just was done. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. I was, um, I, <laughs> I was in and stayed there in midway through my 20s, almost almost 30, actually. My uncle um, straight up asked me if I would be willing to let my daughter die over blood transfusion. Mm. And you know how it is. Your program is supposed to kick in. Yes, we'll yeah, see yeah. them in the new world and blah, blah, blah. But you know, no, I'm not going to do that. And that brief moment of me saying no, not even thinking about it, just reacting, hell no. He was like, oh, you're in a cult. Wake up. And it didn't snap me out of it immediately, but in the next couple, like he planted that seed, man. Mm. In the next couple mm. days, it just turned into crazier and crazier things. My people ended up leaving me down there because I was disfellowship when, when Hurricane Katrina happened. And after that, it was just like these moments where they would speak to me and say, well, you know, it's never too late to come back to Jehovah, to oh, which I reply, y'all fucking left me to die in a hurricane. I ain't trying to come back to the hall. Stop it. After yeah, that, yeah, the, the, the conversations, the, the, their invitations um, became less and less. And I was good with that. But really, I think um, by us not being able to do anything political, um, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Not just that we aren't allowed to do anything political, you aren't allowed to entertain political yeah. thought. Yeah. Because you do have a preference, you do have a side, and of course it's all theater to us anyway. We think it's about to be destroyed, so might as well just laugh at the actors. No, oh, man, too many things. Um, asking about the 60s and the civil rights, like, okay, well, you were a witness when Dr. King was killed, right? Yeah. What happened? What was that like? Well, we just thought the end was coming, and we just went back to the Kingdom Hall, and I'm like, okay, I feel the same way about, about Black witnesses who stayed neutral. During all of that, I feel the same way about them as I feel about people now refusing to deal with reality. Oh, I don't see color. Like, yes, you do. And see, for me, that's where I differ because it's different with the age of information. Like, I figure now, if you feel that way with all the information at that palm of your hand, yeah, that you're, you're fooling yourself. But back then, you had somebody that was good with the words and you couldn't really research what they were saying to see how much bullshit it was. Gotcha. Yeah, you, yeah, you were being sold. You were being sold a lie, and that shit sound beautiful. Yep. I, you know what? That's one of the things. I go back and forth with this with my, my mother. Because on one hand, look, you lose your mama like that, and you have a baby, and your husband is murdered within a year and a half of each other. Fuck yeah, you're and you smack. got somebody coming to you saying, "Look," and sounding good with it, sounding like, "Yeah, there's the time that you can you will be able to see them again, and they can sell it to you." It was all, it was all like you know, bullshit, and they were able to go. sell bullshit. But it's some good, happy, happy, yeah. hope type bullshit. Of well, it's not like they say, "Hey, you know what? Your mom and them did. You might as well, you know, sell crack now." No, it was. Hey, there is a chance to see her again. What would you give to see your mother again? And I know the answer that now question. is over 40 years of her life. That question. 40 years of your life and your 401k. <laughs> Absolutely. All of that. Because, you know, it ain't like you got grandkids or, or kids, you know, that you're going to need to 
help them out. You're going to need to leave everything to society because they're so broke. And again, dude, uh, Ruben personally was, was the reason that I started on the path to freedom, man. Because like my uncle told me that and I, I snapped out of it. But I didn't make any ex-witness friends. I just was like, oh, well, fuck it. I, I can smoke now. Huh, cool. <laughs> I could do this now. And it just I never realized how deep the programming went. Oh, wow. Wow. It's that type of programming, dude, where it's like, yo, I haven't seen any traditional movie. Like I've seen horror movies. I've seen all kind of stuff. But anything black. Black experiences. Black TV shows. We ain't get to watch him. Wait, really? Yeah, we no. had to sneak all that. You, you, you oh, couldn't okay. watch that? I, I mean, we I watched them <laughs> growing up. Uh, there was no... That's, like, that's, privilege. Color. that's privilege, Ruben. Yeah, that's your privilege. That's yeah, my privilege, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Living single, Martin. We had to sneak and watch all of that. Really? Yeah. yeah. So we went to book study when the Cosby Show when Different World was on. But see, my father loved the Cosby Show. Like... My, one of my, it's funny, I think about it now, one of my father's favorite, like, albums that he would listen to and laugh at was uh, Bill Cosby, It's True, It's True, and when he was talking about Spanish Fly. Now, you think about it now, wow. Bill Cosby was on stage telling y'all that he was raping women, and my father found that, my father found it funny. Like, he, he I don't know how he would look at it now, but we were able to listen to that. But Bill Cosby was always like the because the squeaky clean. clean. He was like the Sinbad. I mean, I went to go see Sinbad as a witness. He was cool to see because he would he wouldn't. He didn't curse. He didn't curse. My mom loved my dad. Mom loved about him. Mm. So he was on a different world. That's why we were able to see a different world. And my mom, my dad loved Bill Cosby, and that's why we were able to watch the Cosby Show. We would watch the Cosby Show as a family. But you couldn't see anything, Cameron. No, no, man. Question, Joe. Did y'all have corporal punishment during the meetings? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Slapped. You know, my father had a, a three-finger system. By the time he got to the third finger, we get in the back and my ass getting whooped. And everybody knew it. Like, I have people now that I walk up and I see that, like, remember remember when, you know, your father would go to, like, count one, two, three, and at three, he'd be like, come here and take you in the back and beat you. Oh, those days no, were No, I, I forgot all about that. Why, why would you bring like, that up? No, I don't know that. <laughs> you laughed at that? Like, I'm in therapy because of that. Take it easy. See, that's the type of shit I'm talking about, man. Yo, you really need several layers and levels of therapy to start to get down to the root of this because I could say that I'm healed. I could say that I'm cured. I could say that I'm, you know, working on uh, becoming a better person. But if I just slip back into thinking we the cursed descendants of Ham, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't start presenting and manifesting problems in my life now. And just working stuff out, man, knowing the difference between witness black versus black what black. being black. Yeah, black, black out here. Yeah. Black it black. So do you think that the, the organization and in combination with being black, that's what took you so long with getting the getting into therapy and the help you needed? I would love to say yes. I'm straight up telling you, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. I didn't think I was tripping. I thought everybody else was stupid. I thought everybody else was fucking with me. I didn't know I was the one walking around doing this. The more I was able to find out from therapy and just from the distance of me not no longer being constantly bombarded with cult material. I was able to look at it 
constructively and say, well, yeah, we definitely needed therapy. Somebody with some training to come through. Because it's one thing to commiserate with other people. You're just sitting there like, yeah, man, that was some bullshit. Yep, that was some bullshit. Okay, now what? <laughs> we could just sit here and say it was bullshit? Oh, we're going to grow and heal. Yeah, what's so, the next step? Yeah, what's the next step? And then after that, you know, there's the aftermath. And then after that, what are you going to do? So I didn't want that to continue being part of my identity, dude. And I remember years ago when I think it was about two or three years after Katrina, the first time I started realizing that days were starting to go by when I wasn't discussing Katrina or, or there were so many people I had met that I didn't introduce myself as a Katrina survivor. And that was progress. And I couldn't do anything about that except experience it. Time is going to heal me a little bit more. The distance is going to help, but then I need to get therapy. And that's when everything came to a head because I realized Katrina was eight days. I was a witness for over 20 years. That's what was the matter with me. <laughs> so right. let's discuss that shit. So dealing with that and being able to be open to fighting my programming. Unfortunately, man, my ties to blackness all go back to the congregation because it's not like I was around my family. A day in the life in a black congregation is almost like a day in the life of black America. But worse, because it's your own people fucking with you. Mm. It, it, again, if it was some lily white dude coming from, you know, on high. Hey, this is Zeus from Mount Olympus. You should worship this way. We would reject that. But if the society and the kingdom ministry came out and said the three little pigs was canon now. And it should be in the Bible between between first and second Peter. Oh, no, the three little pigs are going to go in the book of ham. <laughs> and now this is gospel. You'll be you'll be swearing by it. And witnesses will be saying this is evidence of Jehovah's blessing. Now we have a, a new piece of, of literature. Everybody's familiar with that. We can just show some bullshit. They would say, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just wanted to ask one last question. Uh, we recently lost Chadwick Boltzmann. Uh, it was devastating. And one of the many reasons we loved him is what he meant for representation. And I wanted to ask, what was it like for you to see him play this character, Black Panther, Man. after growing up the way you did? Bro, let me tell you something. Um, Joe, I know we just meeting. I know I feel like I've known you for a while. Ruben, you know. Mm -hmm. You know how big a Star Wars fan I am, right? Yes. You notice you've never seen me dress up like Darth Vader? i never seen you dressed up as Dark Vader, no. Okay, I dressed up like Black Panther. I see you dressed up like him all the time. Yes, because what that represented to me, you've got to remember, I was told my entire life, we the cursed descendants of Ham, and all of this paradise bullshit I'm seeing wasn't for people who look like me. I was the smart, nerdy, weird kid. To grow up and see a representation of what the fuck a black utopia could actually look like and you could catch these hands too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I loved everything about it. I loved the fact that there was no religion that was being pushed in it. I loved the fact that he was an honorable person. He's a warrior and a king and was played by the same dude that played James Brown. Get the fuck out of here. Black, that's my, black Panther is my dude. And I just went all in with him. Now, ideologically, I agree with Killmonger more than I agree with Black Panther. 
But as far as the representation of it, man, I was happy to see that. I walked proudly. I still got my mask, still got everything with it. And I am so, so proud that that man actually got a chance to show you what real focus and intensity looks like and what integrity looks like. He knew he was on his way out. He ain't had to tell us that. He cemented his legacy by his life and his words and his actions. And I, for one, am forever a fan of his for those reasons. That was beautiful. That's real, bro. Yeah, man. Joe? Yeah, uh, see, for me, I actually, I wanted to take my father to see it because my father wasn't used to those types of movies. Um, my father was always used to, you know, slave movies or, you know, mm. pimp movies. So his stipulation was in order for him to go see the movie, I had to go to a meeting on Sunday. And on a meeting on Sunday, after the meeting, we would go to the movies. So I went because I really wanted him to see this movie. And after seeing the movie, that was all he talked about. He just, he had never thought that we would have a movie like that where we weren't a slave or yep. we weren't, you know, we weren't drug dealers. Or it wasn't like we weren't the comic relief. Like the whole movie was us running shit. And mm -hmm. for my, see how my father took it. And to see how he talked about that for months on end to the point that I, he asked me to buy him the soundtrack for the movie to see wow. how that changed his mindset, this Jehovah's Witness elder, that showed what that meant to our community. Even with him, he could admit this is something that he didn't see and something that he never thought he would see. So even out of seeing my kids see it and the joy in my kid's eye, being able to take my father to the movie and seeing the joy that he had watching that movie meant so much to me and like i i think chad with bozeman for that man like i, I rest in peace because he, he will always hold a special place in my heart just for that man you got me tearing up you you got to see that movie with your daddy yeah yeah man that, that, Damn. That, his dad is an elder that's that's some that's that's heavy <sighs> man look i'm living vicariously through you man i cannot imagine what my dad or my stepdad would have said. My dad would have had, a, obviously, a completely different reaction than my stepdad. Good yep. one, Cy Young. Yes, indeed. Wow. So, Ruben, how do you feel about Mr. Bozeman? Based on what on what I've seen about him, he was a very kind person. The things that he did for those kids with cancer. Yep. I mean, he didn't have to do that. And he did. And also, how brave to do all of this while you know that's what's going on inside of you. Yep. Like other people would just give up. He didn't make it a, a spectacle. Like, oh, look, I'm sick and I'm doing this. Never seen anyone do that, actually, what he did. And that, that takes an incredible amount of courage. Yep. He went through it with, with some of the fans when they were talking shit about him when he was like really skinny. The easy thing would have been to retaliate and be yep. like, you yep. motherfuckers, I'm dying. Like, he didn't do that. And, and and that's integrity. That is that's bravery. That's integrity. That's that's amazing. That is everything I am not because I'd have clapped back so fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you feel like shit now? I'm sick. Don't you feel sick? Don't you feel stupid? No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> the battle he must have been going through, and plus, do something that means so much for so many people. Ah man, he's a he's a hero. Yep. I think we're good. I'm glad you got to meet Joe. Joe's like... Likewise. He's been uh, telling me about you for the longest, man. Yeah, he think I'm crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Joe talks to himself. No, yeah. yeah. He told me the same thing, man. It's nice meeting you, man. This is and Joe, anything you ever need from me, feel free to holler, bro. I'm easy to find. I'm the only Karama Sadaka. 
Batman, I'm about to send you a face request right now. All, All right, right. Do here, it. We, here we go. <laughs> oh, uh, this is great. This is great. Uh, it's such a good time, man. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much, Krama, for being on the show. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Nobody Asked Us to Do This, the next Jehovah's Witness podcast. Remember, our stories may be varied, but you are not alone. Take off that new personality and create your own. Have a great one.